I'm Dr. Lara Devgan. I'm a plastic surgeon in New York City, the CEO of Scientific Beauty, and of course, a major beauty enthusiast. You are listening to Beauty Bosses, where we chat with fellow industry leaders who are shaping beauty, fashion, wellness, and all things pretty. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Beauty Bosses. I'm so excited to welcome this week's guest, global fashion sorcerer, Gab Waller. Gab, Forbes has called you the world's most famous personal shopper. You've been featured in the New York Times, Harper's Bazaar, Elle, and more. And your growing roster of notable clients includes Hailey Bieber, Khloe Kardashian, Lori Harvey, and most recently, Sophia Richie Grange. Um, you've built quite a name for yourself in the world of luxury fashion in a very short time. So I'm really excited to give you a warm welcome. Gab Waller, thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so looking forward to this. Yes. Uh, before your popularity in 2018 became a thing, fashion sourcing was not a typical job in the industry. So tell me a little bit about how you've become a thought leader for this career path. Absolutely. So I started my company five years ago. It's crazy to think that it has now been five years, uh, but I did start from Australia. I'm from, uh, I call Sydney home. And the initial concept of my business, I actually traveled to the States. I was in Los Angeles and I was shopping down Rodeo Drive and I was thinking to myself, wow, there is so much stock here that I know Australia does not have. And I thought to myself, imagine if there was a way that I could, you know, get these pieces, these luxury pieces to potential future clients in Australia. So that was the initial concept. I knew that there was a market for it in Australia with luxury um, items. We tend to receive them very late or not at all. And so knowing that there was also a luxury consumer in Australia, I knew that there was a potential there. And I went back to Australia, did a lot of market research on how I would start this, how I would obtain my first clients. And then I launched, I launched on Instagram as my platform. And within, you know, six months of starting, I certainly knew that I was onto something. And at that point in time, I did start to have global clients. So it, it very quickly moved uh, beyond Australia. That's so amazing. How did you manage to use the power of social media to build your face? Yes. So Instagram, I really have to thank for everything still to this day, it is a social media business. So in terms of our sourcing requests, so that's when someone will write in and say, hi, Gab, can you find me these pair of shoes in size 39? I can't find them anywhere. So we call them inbound sourcing requests. And to this day, 90% of those requests do come through via Instagram DM um, with the remaining 10% through email. So Instagram really has, for me, been, you know, so important to growing my business. But I also just feel, you know, with being a word of mouth business, I really, you know, leverage the fact that clients are excited to show their purchases. They're excited to share what they've just purchased and, and are happily will happily tag me. So in terms of the growth that I saw on social media, it was definitely 
due to what I call client love. And that's when a client will receive their item, tag gabola.com saying, you know, so excited that we could find this. And from there, um, the social media, the Instagram in particular has just grown and grown. What What is the business model? Is it that you um, charge a percentage on the pieces that you source for people or, or is it a client fee? Yes. So I work off a flat rate sourcing fee uh, business model. And the reason for that, so there's two options that I could have went. I could have went a percentage, um, which is often, you know, around six to 10%, usually around 10%. uh, But I decided to go the flat rate uh, route. And that is due to, we focus really heavily on quantity. We are sourcing so much all day, every day that I really want clients to know that the price will always be the same. It's always just going to be that flat rate. And that will encourage them to come back and ask for more. Uh, Because of that, we have clients that will come and ask for, you know, their whole summer wardrobe and just per item that's found, our fee is included, that flat rate. And it all happens very quickly from there. That's really cool. Um, Tell us the iconic story of how one jacket skyrocketed your career, this particular find for Rosie Huntington-Whiteley. Yes. So if we go back to 2018, so this was six months after I launched and Rosie had posted on her Instagram stories that she was looking for a particular old Celine coat. And I remember seeing that post and at that time she was, you know, had 10 million followers and I think I had about a thousand. And I said, you know, she'll never see my message if I DM her. So I'm just going to leave it. But at the back of my head, I knew where I could find that coat. I knew that there was a boutique in Denmark that had it available. So I kind of parked it and it was about a week later, one of my mutual friends here in Los Angeles, she messaged me and she goes, Gab, I'm speaking with Rosie right now. I've like been watching what you're doing. You seem to be having this like sourcing business. Can you find this coat? And I said, yes, I know that I can. Um, I just don't know how to get in touch with her. And she said, great. If you DM her now, she's going to keep an eye out for your message. So I did that and it all happened really quickly. But I think the the most uh, like life-changing part of, you know, my personal life, but also my career was when Rosie received the coach. She did a an incredible in-fee post thanking me and my services and also just like a 10 post story talking about her experience of, you know, how like I was looking for this coach and then I found this girl in Australia. And that to me really was that overnight explosion. You know, press followed from that, other celebrity clients I was able to obtain from that. So it's such a huge, a huge moment for my career. That's so cool. And it must have been such a life-changing thing for someone out of the kindness of their heart to just do that for you. Thousand percent. That's exactly it. I honestly, I, I say this to Rosie all the time, I will be thanking you for the rest of my life because I, I often think if that moment had not have happened, I definitely think my story would be very different. I, I definitely don't think I would have the celebrity clientele that I have at this stage. And I, I certainly wouldn't have experienced the growth in my business as early on. So it's it really goes to show the person that she is, but it definitely changed my my career well and truly overnight. So how are you so good at sourcing things? Do you have like a photographic memory or do you have contacts all over or do you Google image like, you know, in a super stealth way or what do you do? Yes. So 
I feel five years on, I've got a pretty good idea of exactly which region to go to or which boutique to go to, depending on what the request is. So at this present time, we source from about 10 different countries. So I have my sourcing assistants based within those um, regions that are on the ground there that are helping out with logistics, et cetera, et cetera. But we have this huge giant database that maintains all of our requests. And on an average, we can receive up to 50 to 100 a day. So it's very, very busy. But I know, for example, depending on what the brand is, exactly what boutique to go to or exactly what region. And it, it at the end of the day, it sort of does come down to relationships. I wouldn't be able to obtain some of the pieces that I do without having a strong relationship with the brand or the boutique or whoever it may be. So that's first and foremost, the most important part of sourcing. Um, but I think it's also just having a finger on your pulse. I, I know when an item is about to be very popular or it's about to start trending. And so I really feel it's important for me to be one step ahead of that, to you know be ahead of what we call like the, the explosion of a particular item. So I know exactly, okay, great, I can get 10 of those in Europe. I can get another five in Dubai and just be ready for the influx of requests that we receive. Have you become really good at trend forecasting as a result of your sourcing expertise? Yeah, so I definitely enjoy uh, trend forecasting. I think it's an, an, an important element of my work. And I also feel it's important going kind of back to social media I use social media a lot to kind of gauge trends or what might be popping off or what's about to pop off. So I'll often tease things on our stories or potentially on our feed to kind of gain what kind of interest it would get from clients. Uh, but the trend component, I, I definitely enjoy. And I think it really goes back to the part of my job being one step ahead at all times. So having my finger on the pulse and just knowing, you know, thinking one to two seasons ahead. We're sitting in the present moment now, but what's happening, you know, next month and, and you know, two months, three months and beyond. So yes, I definitely think it's an important part um, of my job. What are the pieces right now that everyone is trying to get their hands on? Oh, so right now I'm seeing a huge demand for the brand Alaya. Um, Alaya just opened up, actually I shouldn't say just, but recently opened up their flagship in New York, which I haven't yet been to, but I've heard it's beautiful. But that brand, um, I'm definitely seeing a resurgence of requests. Um, in particular, they have these ballet flats that are going crazy in my DMs. Um, and I think that's also just to say ballet flats in general. So even from, you know, Chanel and also from Kate, um, I'm seeing a lot of requests for those styles. I think other than that, my biggest brand still continues to be Chanel. I get a lot of requests for Chanel from every category, whether it's shoes, handbags, ready to wear. Um, anytime a new season or new collection drops, it definitely pops off. There was actually one handbag in particular that we just posted on our TikTok yesterday from Chanel, new season. It hasn't yet launched, but it went crazy and, and it's just so fascinating to read the comments and just see the level of demand there. So um, definitely lots of Chanel. And then I would also say, I've also seen quite a bit of the row. Um, I've always kind of seen a steady amount of requests from the row, but I think from shoe styles to ready to wear to definitely, definitely handbags, um, I'm getting a lot of requests at present for the row. Are there some 
styles or brands that you think have kind of jumped the shark that are that are over right now that are like kind of the moment has passed Hmm. there's no jump to mind but I guess perhaps on the opposite spectrum of that one brand that I'm seeing really blow up and I know Business of Fashion just did an article saying like they are the brand at the moment and that's Loewe. Um, I think what Jonathan Anderson's doing there is amazing. I mean, he's, he's been doing it for some time, but I just feel in the past few collections, they're so strong and it's at a you know, relatively great price point for luxury. So Loewe is certainly the one that's on my biggest radar of the one to watch for this year. And then I'm really seeing a, a huge um, increase of, of popularity. When you're um, looking at influential voices in fashion, I know for a long time it was celebrities and then influencers kind of popped up. And, and then I think over the past maybe five or 10 years, we've seen this kind of third wave of kind of more niche influential people who are neither celebrities nor influencers, but rather people with influential voices in other areas um, who are influencing fashion. Um, But I was wondering who you think is influencing global trends right now? If there are any particular people who come to mind or any particular genres of people? Yeah, I I certainly agree with you. I think that's such a good point because I'm seeing the exact same thing. I I certainly think the celebrity and the influencer do, you know, control what others that the consumer is buying and they certainly have their influence but this new wave exactly like you said um is is something I'm certainly seeing myself I think from my end I'm trying to think of someone that may fit into that category I definitely think of you know the founders of a particular business that have influence people listen to them people are very intrigued by what they're saying and shopping etc etc um but I really think there's no one more influential right now, especially in the fashion space, than Sophia Ritchie Grange. I think her, even though, yes, she's a celebrity, I think her influence is just so strong. She's She jumps to mind. Um, leaps yeah, I, loved, I loved watching her wedding in real time. I think she really oh. did that so well because we've been so used to seeing aspirational weddings after the fact in a Vogue spread, you know, a few weeks or a month later. And I think it was really fun for everyone to watch the actual events on the day that they were happening. And it kind of felt like a real-time unboxing of her pretty outfits and the, you know, the Hotel du Cap and the, you know, the beautiful scenes. And it changed the consumption pattern and the time frame a little bit. And even though I wear scrubs every day in the operating room and um, it's not necessarily stuff that I'm running out to personally buy, it was fun. It was really fun to watch. Yes, I 1000% agree. And I also think it's that that wave of what we're seeing right now, that you know personalization and just personal, the word as a whole in general is so important. I think to get that, to get that intimate and close to a celebrity and to see it firsthand was just 
very, very exciting. But I felt that because it was so personal, it felt that even as she was speaking to us on her TikToks, it felt like we were speaking to a friend. So I really think that's the the trick of the trade with even brands connecting now just to keep the make it as personal as possible and and keep personalization at the forefront yeah and I like um is it uh Emily Mariko she's um, yeah yeah, Yeah. she, she has great fashion and style also um she just had her wedding um I haven't seen the photos but I saw someone posted on maybe Instagram stories that she just had a wedding and there was a couple of looks. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to see what she wore and everything. I've also been noticing that um, the style choices of female founders and business people and, you know, people like Emily Weiss and um, mm. kind of people who you don't traditionally associate with clothes I feel like those people are more front and center. And so that I think has been interesting too. Do you see that in terms of your sourcing requests too? Definitely, yes, 100%. And Emily's probably a great example. Although she doesn't post that much, she may post like a shoe and I'll receive requests for that shoe. So there's there's definitely people watching them and watching what they're buying and and wanting to be a part of that. And I really think female founders are a great example of, that third wave of just that they're not an influencers as such, whereas they're, you know, that's their whole job, but they are influencing people by what they're posting and wearing and everything like that. Do you have any advice for people who are interested in entering the fashion space and they don't really know what part of fashion they're interested in? Yeah. So if I went back to my very early days, I was absolutely in those shoes of just not knowing what area I wanted to be in I kind of dabbled in a few different ones in terms of you know do I want to work in magazines or do I want to work in PR and everything like that so my biggest piece of advice would be to if you're in the position to do so to take on as many internships as you can so you can get a little taste test of each area and that's exactly what I did and it was almost like a checklist I I had my internship and say for PR and I was like "Mm, not for me let's see what else is on this list because you'll you'll certainly find your area but it's worth trying them all so you can um yeah have a little bit of a taste test of every industry and I, I certainly think sourcing the sourcing industry is only going to get bigger and better. So if that's an area that uh, you're interested in, definitely, you know, there's a lot of companies that are doing this, um, you know, five years on. So I think if you can get your foot in the door somehow that way, and there's nothing stopping you from, you know, starting your own sourcing company one day. Yeah. What do you think about the controversy with fast fashion and you know, like the propaganda with the Cheyenne factory tour and the kind of landfill waste that we're getting built up with all of these fast turnover, fast fashion cycles with so many trends and, you know, no one can keep up with what's cool anymore because everything that's cool isn't cool tomorrow. And, you know, we're all just like on this hedonic treadmill of trying to stay in in trend um how does that feel to you is that I mean I guess it's good for business on one hand but on the other hand is there a larger problem with that 
Yeah, so I certainly think that's why, you know, investment dressing, investment shopping is is so important now. And I'm seeing it with a lot of my clients, although I don't have kind of the expertise to really dive into, you know, the fast fashion realm. It, it's something that I'm not, you know, it's just not my area. My area is luxury, everything, live and breathe it. Um, but I think with the, the luxury, it really is if, if I I always think cost per wear. So if you're buying smart and you're investing in your purchases, you are being, you know, you're not turning around and going through all this. You're not kind of trend shopping is what you're not doing. You're kind of investing in that jacket that season and you're going to wear that a million times. It doesn't have an end date. Um, so that that's why to me, cost per wear and just investment shopping as a whole is really important. Um because that way it doesn't feel as though that you're just wearing something, throw it out, wear something, throw it out. I don't yeah. really like that concept. Um, I'm all about investing in that piece and getting as much wear as possible that you can out of it. I totally agree with you when it comes to things like skincare and even my world of medicine and surgery. Like, you know, you you want fewer, better, higher quality things. Mm-hmm. Better yes. for the long run, more sustainable, higher value, just like yeah. quality over quantity. And I awesome. think that it sort of also feels better, I think. 100%. I agree. It's I'm all about that. Yeah. I think luxury gets a bad rap because when you hear luxury, you you feel viscerally like that's code for expensive. But when you think about it, on a more philosophical level, what it really means is value proposition. So I think that we kind of have to reframe how we're thinking about things and maybe our footprint on the planet a little. Exactly, exactly. And that's 100% my cost per where I think in the scheme of things, yes, it may be an expensive jacket, but when you weigh out how much wear you're going to get out of that, it doesn't make it that expensive after all, because it is going to last you um, a very, very long time. Okay. My last question for you is a hard one, but (laughs) I feel like you're the best person to answer this question. If you could only wear one outfit forever, And it has to be a really good outfit because it would have to transition from day to night and like all your different occasions. And you'd have to feel really good in this outfit. What is your permanent outfit? Go. That is a good, good question. So for me, the brand I'm loving right now, and also I'm not sure if you've been into their new flagship, it's the Kate boutique they're in Soho they just opened up recently oh, it's cool. amazing it's so cool I think it would be Kate because I think Kate is so classic so I picture a pair of I mean I don't want to wear jeans because I think they'll get uncomfortable eventually but a pair of like beautiful pants from Kate with some kind of chic top that can be worn from day to night and I think Kate really answers that plus their quality is amazing so I don't have to worry about it getting ruined anytime soon uh but yeah for me, it would be a Kate head to toe look. Oh, I love that answer. Okay. And then I'm going to add, okay, one more question. <laughs> okay. I'm going to just throw in one last question. Why do we all love Sophia Richie Grange so much? Why are we all collectively obsessed with her and her fashion? 
Yes, I think for me, it's a very good question. I think because it's, we we feel that we can be that person. We feel that we can, you know, create those looks very easily. Although it's, you know, it, it certainly is at a higher price point. I just think it's very attainable. Um, Her style is, it, it's classic, it's chic, but we can all do that. Like even sometimes she'll like she wears the ballet, Chanel ballet flats. She'll wear a beautiful jean and she'll wear a tank top or like a very classic simple top. And that's a look that for anyone with any budget could create. It doesn't have to be the exact same brand, but for any budget, you could create a lot of her looks. So I feel that she just appeals to so many people for that reason. We we feel that we can dress that way and I think that's inspiring for a lot of people um and I also just think because she is so real and obviously so so sweet um but she just comes across as so authentic and personal that we connect with that people connect with that so to me it's just very refreshing and I'm really excited to kind of see what she continues to do I'm sure it's going to be amazing all right well thank you Gab Waller where can we all find you so you can find me on Instagram. My business account is gabwalla.com. And then I do also have my personal, which is just gabwalla. And yeah, anything you're looking for, any pieces, um, I would certainly love to help find them for you. All right. Well, I'm already thinking of what I need to have sourced and I'm going to definitely reach out. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Bye.